I'm yelling at people, you know. Just, I know I'm not trying to make that deep, but... <clears throat> nah, dude, I watch. I don't take anything to offense, man. It's a it's a business, and you know, I did not know how much you do behind the scenes, but at the last event, I really got a good idea. And I'm sure you do way more than what I've seen, but based on what I saw, like you're running around, you got the headset on, you're getting the the fighters ready, getting them fitted with their with their uh, wraps and press passes, and I saw your wife helps out greatly. So I know you guys are working your asses off back there, man. Yeah, in the last two shows, they they've had me on a cord, so I only have like 50 feet to move. So it's like putting a dog on a leash and having, you know, when I gotta get some, I gotta unplug sometimes and run. It's it's tough, but you know the, the the first show I saw you at doing the backstage interviews, um, where you had that little setup. I guess it was Fort yes. Lauderdale. Oh, that was uh, was it? Okay, yes, that's right. Yeah, I saw you in Fort Lauderdale for the first yeah, time. That one, yeah. that one, I was in a good mood because everything was so easy. But some of these shows, man, stress me the hell out. What are, what are some of the things that are, like, different for you? Like, you know, Fort Lauderdale is a great venue, no stress. But then, you know, being out in Daytona, what was the, the big difference for you? Um, the layout. So, hmm. in Daytona, everyone was right there. But everyone's trying to come out and see their friends, see their family. Hmm. Like, and with COVID and everything, we're trying to keep people in their locker rooms. So, I was constantly pushing, getting back in their individual rooms. Where I'm not sure if you remember Fort Lauderdale, we had them in the back. They were all upstairs, and we had the right. holding room downstairs. So you only needed to keep them upstairs and not in a little ten by ten area. So, yeah, and that convention center seemed a lot bigger in Fort Lauderdale than it was in Daytona, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Daytona is beautiful, man. That's some of the nicest people we've ever worked with as far as a venue goes. Mm -hmm. They're just so nice and so accommodating. It was, it was awesome. Yeah, the event was amazing, man. I got to credit you. I know I, I shook your hand after the event, just saying what an amazing job you did on the on the fights. And do you make do you make all the matches? No. So Dave and I okay. collaborate on it. Okay. Um, pretty much what happens is I look over. We get sixty to eighty people that apply every day to fight bare knuckle. It's insane, and I can't go through everyone and, and scout everyone. So hmm. there are managers that I have good relationships with that I reach out to. There are some fighters I've been scouting or I've heard about. We've had tryouts um, in different places, Florida, Pennsylvania, Kansas most recently. So I have a, a nice, um, probably about four or 500 people in my database that are either active fighters or I want to get on a card. Wow. So I make potential matches and I sit down with Dave Sr. And uh, sometimes he looks at me and he's like, man, it's going to be a war. Other times <laughs> he's looking at me and he's like, what are you thinking? So uh, this past card, we sat down and we were talking. And we're like, just look at the card from bottom to top. We're like, this might be the best card we've ever put together, just excitement-wise. You know what was crazy about it? It was. I mean, I, I've watched every bare knuckle. I'm a huge fan. And watching that event, and not, not even so just being there live. I mean, it was great to be there live. Of course, that's the best way to do it. But honestly, man, like, this was the best card, in my opinion, as a fan watching. It was just lights out. From top to bottom, unbelievable. Every fight was a fucking war, and I enjoyed it, especially that Joe Elmore and Tom Show fight. That was off the charts sick. The The problem with that fight is hmm. it's kind of predictable how it's going to go. Like, not who's going to win, hmm. but Joe is the, the bigger, stronger fighter, so you know if he lands a clean shot, it could knock Tom down, which it did, I believe, four times. Yep. But then Tom is just so technical that yeah. you knew if he could avoid getting knocked out, he was going to batter and bloody up Joe. Mm -hmm. So, and it's the same formula we used for Joe's first fight when we matched him against Will. Will mm -hmm. Choke has a, had 119 uh, fights going into that professional fights prior to that. So we figured either Joe's going to win by knockout. Or Will's going to win by cutting him up using his reach and his length and his his experience. So, yeah, it was it, it was unbelievable. And the crazy part was because you guys were was it like thirty percent capacity in there? Um, so I believe we're allowed up to fifty percent, but we okay. also had to abide by social distancing procedures and protocols. So even though the place holds say eight thousand, you say oh fifty percent is four thousand. Mm -hmm. What they do is. They take out every other row of seats. 
So now it takes from eight to four. But then you can't sit strangers, if you will, next to each other. You have to have a six-foot distance. So it's like two seats and like three seats empty, then three seats and three seats empty and two seats. So you're like at 60% of half capacity. Uh, So like an 8,000-person venue I don't know, sold out crowd was 2,200, 2,300, something like that. Still, I mean, a lot of people. Um, I'm not complaining by any means, but I mean, we could have packed more in there if it wasn't for COVID. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, I think you have you guys have packed the biggest crowd in any sport, I think, live during COVID. I mean, I haven't – UFC, obviously, no crowds, you know, no crowds in Bellator. I mean, you guys are really – and I thought you guys did a great job too, even with the tables and everything ringside. It was like a you know restaurant in a way, you know, tables oh, yeah. were six feet apart. I thought you guys did a great job, man. I'll tell you what, like Dave Feldman Jr., he sits down and he maps this all out, and he gets a vision, and he gets the dimensions, and yeah. you know he does his little trickery stuff there and his measurements and you know the CAD drawings. And we know going into it exactly how many tables and every inch is accounted for. Uh, the math part's easy, but then when you put, you know, when you're trying to figure in how many tables and different angles and walkways and lighting, and I mean, he, he's amazing at, at doing that. Yeah. And, and you know, because, and I, I was getting to the point I was getting at was because, you know, of, of the work that you guys put in to have a capacity crowd there, even though it wasn't, you know, full capacity of 8,000. When that Joe Elmore fight and Tom Show fight took place, and I, I think it was about the third or fourth round, it started getting real bloody, knockdowns back and forth. I, I mean, I heard a roar in that crowd, man. Like you felt that energy. It, it felt like there was eight thousand people there, man, because that that fight just brought all that energy out of the people, man. So for me, that was like I actually looked around and Dave Feldman was sitting right in front of me, and I'm like, holy shit! Like, I mean, he. You, how could you not after watching that fight, man? No, I absolutely agree. I'm in the back running around, and there was twice that night where the roar of the crowd, despite it not being 8,000 people, the roar of the crowd stopped me in my steps. The, um, <laughs> during Joe Elmore, Tom Shove's fight, yeah. just how loud. and I mean, I could picture the people up on their feet. And then uh, when, we, when everyone was cheering USA, you know, oh, it's yeah. been 19 years probably since I heard that much patriotism uh, at a sporting event. And I got the chills, like just hearing everyone chanting it on. It was like, you know, it's 9-11, yeah. 19 years later, we did this huge event, our best lighting event, probably the best fight card. I'm not knocking other combat sports, mm-hmm. but that might have been the best fight card in combat sports in 2020. And then... um. You know, it, it was just, it was a great night altogether. Yeah, it was, man. Again, hats off to you guys. I mean, the, 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 the main event was great. The addition of Julian Lane coming in. I mean, what, I don't know if you could talk about it or not, but what happened with Phil Baroni, if you could talk about that? So I don't know all the details behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. One thing um, for BKFC is David uh, Feldman Sr., he handles the main event fights. Um, mm-hmm. he still likes to be hands-on for some things. And that's one of the things that he is an integral part of. Mm-hmm. So whatever happened behind the scenes, um, I don't, I don't know the exact details, but I, what I do know is when I called Julian Lane on less than two weeks notice and I'm like, Hey, Julian, I got a fight. This guy, he didn't try to negotiate weight. He didn't, mm-hmm. I don't think he tried negotiating pay. He, he was when, where, send me the contract. Um, like, I don't think I'm told I was getting paid until I got the contract. Th- that man wow. will fight anyone within probably 10 or 20 pounds of his weight at any time. And then, then he thanks me for it. Like I did him a huge favor. When he <laughs> for us. He's like, thanks Nate. I was like, Oh, you're welcome. Like I felt bad saying you're welcome because he was, he was helping out the company, you know? I mean, we helped him out yeah. too, obviously, but you know, just, he's so easy to deal with. I love having Julian Lane on cards. He always brings a fight. And as long as I'm yeah. matchmaking and he has the ability to fight, you know, he's going to be on cards. Yeah, man. He he had a lot of energy before the fight. Uh, it was my first time meeting him. And, I, I've you know, I've seen him on TV. Man, he's a tough dude. You know, you want to cross this guy. And uh, he's like the nicest dude, man. We just shoot the shit backstage a little bit, joke, joked around a little. Let me bang, bro. You know, 
it was uh, it was really cool. But when I heard the addition of Julian Lane sliding into the main event, in my personal humble opinion, I thought the main event got upgraded with uh, with Tiago versus Lane. So I can't take away from everything Phil Brony's accomplished in his fighting career. Oh, one hundred percent. That man has fought in every major organization in the world. Um, mm -hmm. Stylistically, he comes to fight. He he throws hard. He's, despite his age, he's always in great shape. Like he is a right. legend of combat sports. However, Julian Lane at 185 looked in the best shape I've ever seen him in. Yeah, I'm not man. sure how much he's been training, but mm. when he showed up, it, it, he didn't look like he had time off. He looked like he's been training, waiting for an opportunity, and he capitalized. Um, even now, people message me and are like hey what do you think about that fight you know the the judges score how the judges score like i'm not mm -hmm. the type to sit here and criticize people because i watch fights as fans i don't watch fights as a judge so i'm watching for the entertainment value where judges are watching it to score um true but people are like man julian fought his his ass off he did a great job so i'm proud i'm glad uh, that he stepped up and made uh that fight because, I mean, it capped off, like you said, an amazing card. Oh, yeah. And then the Hector Lombard and the and the, uh, and the uh, Kendall Grove fight. Oof. Dude, I went to I, bro, I went to the bathroom because it was right after uh, Dat and Reggie went head-to-head -head yeah. ringside. So I had to get that footage, you know. And then I'm like, right, damn, I got to take a leak. So I run over to the bathroom. So while I'm going, I'm watching my phone and I'm watching the playback of that. And it was loud. And then I hear in the stall next to me, hey, man, who is that? And I was like, that? And it was that. He was in the stall next to me. And he said, are you playing that uh, that thing that just happened with me and Reggie? I said, yeah. So then I'm like, yo, the Hector fight's going on. So I walk out. Me and Dad walk out the bathroom. We get back into the into the crowd area. The referee's already waving the fight off. I said, what the hell just happened here? But then I had to watch the playback, and I saw it was four knockdowns in the first round. I was like, holy shit. Wow. Yeah, I mean, look, Hector, he, he hit the guy hits so hard. He's so explosive. Yeah. He's in phenomenal shape. People are like, oh, well, Kendall looked off. Maybe it's that Hector just hits so hard, and he gets people yeah. off their game. You know? Yeah. I mean, until you're at the end of receiving one of those punches, no one can sit there and, and criticize the opponent's. You know, Hector's now 2-0 and in, in bare knuckle and looks amazing. Um, so, yeah, the, the fight ended quick. But it's one of those things, again, you have a fighter like Hector Lombard who's going to get in your face and make you fight. And you have, you know, Kendall, who is 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, and guy so tall, who would have to utilize his reach mm -hmm. and just didn't get a chance to. So, uh, you know, hats off to, to Hector for such a dominant performance of that fight. Dude, it was dominating. Who, who do you think would be next for Hector? I know uh, from my understanding he's got a three-fight contract. I don't know if anything got changed, but uh, what, do you, what do you see for a third fight for him? Anything yet? Or So Hector's at the level where fighting um, another person or fighting a person, I should say, that is not uh, a UFC veteran, Bellator veteran, just doesn't make sense. Um, mm -hmm. Hector shows that he can compete – with the best people in bare knuckle, probably from 185. Oh, I lost you there. Hold on. I lost your uh, sound too. Am I back? Now you're back. All right. Sorry. So All good. Hector shows that he can compete with you know, the best people from 185 to 205. Yeah. So I don't see him fighting someone who is not another huge name, just like he is. Um, yeah. His first fight, he tested it out, did very well, took minimal damage from what I understand. His second fight, I don't know if he was even hit clean in that fight. I think Kendall threw three or four punches. Um, but again, you know, Hector's very explosive. So I'm hoping we can see him at 185. There's a lot of options there. We have several undefeated fighters at 185. They'll match up well. Uh, some are legends. So we'll see him. Yeah. I'm excited to see it, man. And then we got the big uh, fight coming up October 10th. 
Uh, we got uh, actually, I just had Joey Beltran on uh, last night. Uh, so we're talking about his fight with Marcel Stamps coming up. Uh, it's going to be a huge, huge uh, main event right there. And then uh, Nico Hernandez, I saw that he's going to be back on the card too. So I'm excited to definitely see him get in there too. Yeah. So the October 10th card right now has 10 bouts scheduled on it. Okay. There were some names from the original March card that we were trying to get on, but things just didn't line up for us. But uh, we have an amazing main event. I guess we'll start there with Joey Beltran, Marcel Stamps. Marcel fought his first two fights in bare knuckle at 185, I believe. Mm -hmm. And um, his first fight was an undercard fight. And uh, he fought a local guy down there. Um, you know, it's a different sport. So he grew into it. When he came back and he fought Kendall, though, he looked like a toy different person. Oh, yeah. Marcel is athletic. He's fast. He has bricks for hands. So uh, I'm curious to see how he does punching a heavyweight. Joey mm -hmm. Beltran, you know, the, the man's fought at the highest levels in other combat sports. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he had two phenomenal fights with Tony Lopez. I think Tony's <laughs> like 240 or something. Yeah. So um, I, I'm curious to see how this fight goes. You know, will the bigger man, you know, and Joey – wear down on Marcel with, you know, attrition mm. uh, or will Marcel have the explosion power to, to stop a potential with a cut or a knockout? Uh, you know, it's, it's one of those fights. We'll see how it goes. And that's the cool thing about bare knuckle. You just never know. Yeah. You just never know. Could I just mean, be one shot that ends the fight. Yeah. And look, it could be Joey Beltron wearing down Marcel over the rounds, just getting heavy on him and making mm -hmm. a dirty fight. And then Marcel could hit him with a clean punch and cut him open. I sure. mean, you know, we'll see. But it's one of those fights that, um, as a fan, I'm really excited to watch. You mentioned Me Nico, co-head, mm -hmm. um, co-main for the card. You know, Nico's fighting at 115. Uh, Chancey Wilson, he has stepped mm -hmm. up. He's been training, so I'm excited about that fight. You know, we oh, have yeah. Dave Rickles. I think he's one of the longest uh, tenured Bellator fighters. Um probably in history, I guess you could say. So Rickles is, yeah, Rickles has a, a good fight in front of him. Oh, yeah. And then we have um, Sam Shoemaker. Oh, he's uh, back. Nice. Josh Byrne. Yep, Sam Shoemaker's back. Oh, so Sam's nice fight, bro. Yeah. So Josh Burns is someone we were talking to for a while. He has eight bare-knuckle fights. He's four and four overseas. Mm -hmm. Has a ton of experience. Big, strong, athletic. Um, but can he take a punch? You know, from Sam. I mean, Sam already proved that if he hits you clean, he could put you out quickly. Oh, yeah. But again, I mean, uh, we'll see. We'll see how Josh feels mixing up in there. And uh, Sam hasn't fought in a little while, so we'll see how the layoff affects him. Yeah, that's a good fight. I didn't know that was on the card, man. So I'm yeah. super excited to see that fight happen. That's going to be that's, – yeah. that's two Buffaloes getting in there just swinging. I can't wait. It, it is. It's going to be one of those fights where if it goes five rounds, I think everyone's going to be disappointed. <laughs> because both the men have dynamite in both their hands. So oh, yeah. I, I think they're going to exchange, you know, uh, flesh and um, someone's going to land knuckles and it's going to be a wrap. Sweet, man. And then we got the, the BKFC TV app. Uh, super yep. important, obviously. Could you just, uh, you know, for the listeners, the viewers, explain how the app works, where they could download it and things like that? Absolutely. So it's bktvapp.com. And it's going to be the home for the future of BKFC events and our new series, Toe the Line Fight Series, which uh, is a company I started. It's not a fight promotion. Um, our company is actually um, a liaison, if you will. I go out and I work with local promoters that are promoting Bare Knuckle. And then I connect them with BKTV so they can stream their fights live on the BKTV app. It's $3.99 a month by going to the website. There's a, 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 like a setup fee of like $9.99 at first, and that's $3.99 a month. So, I mean, you'll get behind the scenes, uh, tryouts, weigh-ins, um, shoulder content, interviews, and then, you know, the Toe of the Line Fight Series and uh, BKFC events. Wow. That's, a, that, that's seriously an amazing deal. For $3.99 a month, you get all of that. Yeah, so the team actually, Dave, David sat everyone down and, and 
they did some research. At the end of the day, it's less than four dollars. So if you spend yeah. four bucks on a cup of coffee at you know one of these fancy coffee houses, I mean for less than a cup of coffee, like they say on TV, they can watch bare knuckle all month. And we are the fastest growing sport in the world right now. I mean, there's no one can argue that. Two years ago, or a little over two years ago now, uh, people told Dave it would never happen. And then June 2018, he did the first ever legal sanctioned regular bare knuckle event. And now we're here two years later and we just acquired the biggest free agent in combat sports out there, Paige Van Zandt. So, yeah, we went from uh, you know, doing that first show to you know, yeah. now being in the runnings and acquiring you know, the, the biggest free agent. So it, uh, it just shows that we have a phenomenal product and Dave and the team figured out a way of delivering this great product to the fans for less than $4 a month. So tune in. Amazing. Amazing. Tune in guys. That's uh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. That page, the page signing was dope. Threw me off. I was like, Whoa, wait a minute. What page Van Zandt signed bare knuckle. Holy shit. I mean, and it was amazing to be there at the, uh, I know I, I saw you on the other side of the press conference, the top team kind of playing peekaboo. He's got the masks on and all that shit. But, uh, but it was cool, man, just to be there, you know, meeting Paige, getting to talk to her after the press conference, during the press conference. I know I got I, some people giving me heat saying, oh, yes, good. you're inviting people on your podcast while you're doing it. Hell yeah, yeah, I got an opportunity. I'm taking advantage of it. But it was it was great, man. Like, I, I really enjoyed it. You guys had a real professional setup. The the uh, the whole process was great, man. But when I heard that signing, then you got Tiago Alves, you know, rumble behind the scenes, you know, it was great. Just all these names that are coming out and experiencing bare knuckle and, and being brand ambassadors or signing contracts, it just shows all the work that you guys are putting in. But I, I've been a fan since day one, so maybe I'm a little impartial, but at the grand scheme of things, you guys definitely are the fastest growing sport right now. There's no question. <laughs> no question. So to kind of put it in perspective, four years ago, or even back further, June of 2011, Dave and I were sitting at a casino and he was telling me he was going to be doing uh, one bare knuckle fight out in Arizona in August. Uh, I wasn't able to go out there for it, but he came back and he was just blown away about how many tickets they sold to this event. They put it online for a small fee. It crashed the network. Um, so he pushed it and pushed it for seven years. And in 2016, I was talking to some uh, referees I know, some fighters I know, and they all told me, you know, you'll never get anyone who's legitimate to fight. You'll never get anyone who's serious. You know, no one's going to take the, the sport seriously. And then our first event, we have Rico Rodriguez, former UFC heavyweight champ, headlining yeah. the card. We have you know Beltran and Lopez and you know, all these other fighters on the card that people didn't think we'd be able to get. Then you go a little bit further. You know, we we start signing more and more UFC veterans. Yeah, Joe Riggs. Yeah, Joe Riggs defeated Bare Knuckle. Paulie Malinaji, Artem Lobov, like all these big names. And then, you know, we find ourselves there at a press conference, you know, at American Top Team headquarters. You know, Dan Lambert, so nice. He is everything we asked for. He was so accommodating. So thank you so much to him and his staff. They were truly amazing, um, you know, with helping set up and, and providing all the space. So we had this great, you know, you were there, you saw the setup, the nice oh, yeah. spread. And then we did interviews in back rooms, you know, in, in these side rooms. And it was just, it was perfect. So, and we're announcing, you know, pretty much the largest free agent in the world at the time in combat sports, signing with BKFC over, you know, other large MMA organizations that, you know, potentially put in bids for. Yeah. And that says a lot too, because, you know, Paige told me directly that there was, four or five other organizations that reached out to her that made very good offers, but she wanted to be a part of bare knuckle, you know? So it wasn't about money. It wasn't about anything. She wanted to be a part of it. So I think that's like, that says a lot for what you guys are doing and, and for other fighters that are becoming free agents that are thinking about making a switch. A lot of people I think are going to start looking your way. Uh, I agree. I mean, yeah. bringing in someone like Paul Malinaji, bringing in Paige Van Zant. Brand Artem Lobov, it shows that the company is legitimate. Yeah. But what also does is for some of these younger fighters, I'm just going to use Caleb Harris and Joe Elmore for examples. There probably wasn't a thousand people in Mississippi that knew who Caleb Harris was. He went out there, got knocked out of the year, 
and that video has been seen millions of times, you know? So now he goes from being someone who you know, might just have a local name to being known around the world. Joe Elmore, he said the same thing on, on a different podcast. You know, he, he fought around the sea, he was making decent money. He fights bare knuckle one fight. Now he's getting calls from sponsors and people that have, didn't know him before. He had this huge career in MMA. No one really knew of him. Now he fights one bare knuckle fight and it pretty much changed his life. So, um, you know, bare knuckle is a thing that is attracting a lot of you know fighters and a lot of fans. And like you said, I mean, we're, we're on a fast track. Oh yeah. Elmore. He's got, that guy's got that. I always get back to Elmore again, only cause like that guy's energy. Like for me, when I see Joe Elmore, I, I, I can't help but think of bare knuckle, you know, when you, we, cause he's that guy, he's scrappy. He's ready to fight. He's ready to go to war. He's a little crazy. I told him that to his face. I said, you're kind of a maniac, you know, and he's laughing. He's like, hell yeah, I am, you know, and uh, he's got that, that mentality. And I think like a guy like him is very marketable. He's kind of like an underdog too, with a way, cause he, he's not as technical as a Tom Shelf, but he's got the heart. He's got the power and he, he's got a puncher's chance, man. And that, that's a fan favorite in my book. So yeah. uh, incredible, man. Well, and again, Joe Elmore is someone that I went after because I knew his style fit very well for our sport. Johnny Bedford, <clears throat> excuse me, he's someone I went after because I knew his style was made for the sport. Yeah. There are some fighters that you look at and they can be phenomenal fighters. And I'm not mm. dogging them, but they're not made for bare knuckle. True. Guys like Bedford and Elmore, and you know, there's several others out there, uh, the Joey Beltrons, the Tony Lopez. They're made for the sport. Win, lose, or draw, they entertain the fans. People love to watch them compete. And I hope that they continue their career with us until they're they're done fighting. Yeah, that'd be great, man. Then you got some of these up-and-comers, too. Like, guys that, as the promotion grows and becomes bigger, you know, you're going to have these younger guys that are going to grow from the promotion and get popular. One that stands out to me, Gustavo Trujillo. That guy's got – you want to talk about dynamite in your hands – He's explosive. What is he? Two and zero, and both of his knockouts are within a minute in the first round. So against tough opponents. Yeah, his first fight was against Robert Morrow. Robert Morrow, I think, is like a fifty-some pro fight veteran. I think he's a Bellator veteran. Robert Morrow is a tough fighter. Yeah, he's fought. He just won a heavyweight tournament somewhere uh, up north, I believe. He came down two hundred five. Trujillo hit him with a straight. And it was so crisp. I mean, no one at the end of the punch was going to sit there and take that punch and just eat it. Nah. Um, and then, you know, it, his power was shown when he fought Lorenzo Hunt as well. Yeah. He hit Lorenzo clean, didn't knock him out, but split his lip, you know, yeah. pretty gnarly. So um, Trujillo is definitely one of those fighters that people may not have known about him, but once they saw him fight, very impressive. Uh, and we're hoping that, again, we're, we're able to have him back in November um, on a card in Florida that we're going to be doing. Any idea where in Florida yet? Oh, I lost you again, brother. We'll be right back after this commercial break. For all your CBD needs, hit up hempboca.com, coupon code here? MMA. All right, I got, your, I got your sound, but no face. We got to get your pretty face back up here. Yeah, I'll know what to do. <laughs> Did on. you get a... Did you get a phone call? Yeah, uh, I took it. I had on airplane mode, but that's what was. You may want to uh, just log back out and log in again. All right, give me one second. Yeah, no worries. And then also, guys, for your quality cannabis needs, hit up our boys at Veteran Farms, veteranfarms.com. If you like that THC, if you like to puff, puff, pass, or if you don't like to pass at all and you just want to keep puffing, you got to hit up my boys quality cannabis all day every day at veteranfarms.com and get back to that cbd i was telling you about best massage oil in town in town and like i said i'll say it every time you could use it for sex too it's the amazing cbd check them out hempoka.com but my boy is back nate shook the man himself nate <laughs> thanks yeah i had on airplane mode there for a little bit but it was lagging for some reason so took it off and now my phone's going crazy it's fight week though so that's right, man. I'm sure you get blown up all day, every day, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's nice to be popular, right? Yeah, but sometimes it's the same fighter. 
I won't say his name every day. <laughs> Text, call, Facebook, manager calls, but I can't complain. I mean, we have a great pool of fighters to choose from. Nice. 99% of them are very easy to deal with. Um, so we're lucky to have uh, the fighters that we do have competing for us. Awesome. I'm sorry, we got cut off. I was yeah. asking you about the Florida November event. Any idea where the venue will be? Uh, we're aiming for South Florida, actually. Okay. Uh, I like Daytona Beach. That venue, like I said, it was amazing. The yeah. lights, the, the setup, the staff, everything was great. You know, I wouldn't mind going back there, talking to Dave. He has a vision, so we're obviously going to try to accommodate as much as we can. So I have some phone calls in, but as you know, Miami-Dade, Broward, some of these other counties have been seriously locked down for the past couple months. They're slowly starting to reopen. COVID protocols and procedures are just getting to be written in some of them, while other venues have them already established. So it's just um, a matter of you know finding the right venue that's open uh, that can accommodate our crowds because we, we're trying not to do no audience shows. Dave said that he will do it uh, if need be, but you know, it takes away. Imagine Joe Elmore, Tom Schoaf, without thousands of people cheering. Still would have been a great fight, but right. the energy behind that just uh, amplified and intensified the action that was happening in the ring. Oh, 100. And and I credit you guys again for the for getting the crowds. And I hope it's in South Florida because that's where I'm at. And so yeah. I could probably just walk over there. <laughs> uh, I'm hoping, I'm hoping. That'll be great. Now, uh, I heard rumors, Paige Van Zant possibly on the November card. Is that true? Possibly. I okay. mean, you know, here's what we're looking at. At the end of the day, hmm. you know, Dave has to sit down and talk to her management team hmm. and find what's best for her and her opponent. This isn't just throwing someone in there. Like, if you look at our fights, they're, we're not throwing cans at fighters. Like, she's going to be put in there. She's going to be challenged. So we have to make sure we have the right fight with enough time to market it at the right venue. Um, and Dave's working at, I mean, he, the guy stays on the phone all the time, you know, making phone calls and answering phone calls and people are like, Oh, I didn't hear from him or he didn't call. They don't see his phone going off every minute, you know, all day long. So um, I'm hoping we hear something um, about that here in the next couple of weeks, one way or the other. Yeah, I'm sure Dave's phone's blowing up, man. I, 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 you know, I'm very sparingly when I reach out to Dave, but if he doesn't get back to me, I don't take that to offense at all because I'm sure that guy's, like you said, on the phone all day. So, but when I do see Dave, it's always real cool to see him and, and we get to talk for a little bit. But uh, yeah, man, hopefully Florida, we'll we'll see. But you got, well, I'm really intrigued about, and I want you to tell the viewers about this is this Total Line series that's coming up on Saturday. Uh, I have a lot of questions too, but I would love for you for the purpose of the listeners and the viewers, explain Total Line Series, what it is, the the fights that are on there, and what the goal is. So um, originally, the Total Line Series thing was uh, an idea to gather content from other promoters. Mm -hmm. But as you see, and there's a lot of uh, bare-knuckle promoters that might have done a show or two and just aren't promoting at this time. So I sat down with David and, and we spoke about it and I asked him, I said, you know, what if, you know, I mentor a couple small promotions and help them promote successful bare knuckle events. So total line fight series is not a promotion. I work with local promoters like legacy promotions this weekend in order to uh, put together a successful bare knuckle event, stream it live on the BKTV app. So I'm just, like a, a liaison, if you will. Okay. But the nice thing is the fighters that fight on these cards, they sign multi-fight deals with my company, Total Line Fight Series. Then the promoters, they have to use fighters that are signed to Total Line Fight Series. So what it does is it gives us a large pool of fighters that I'm able to utilize in the different areas. And then if David or someone on, on the team says, hey, what about that guy? I literally just move the contract from toe the line to BKFC. So wow. it gives me the, the ability and the leverage to move fighters from the local regional level to the big shows. But I went through and I hand selected a lot of these promoters. Mm -hmm. So okay. we, have a, we have a promoter in, or we have two now in Mississippi, uh, at least one in Florida. I'm talking to a second one, one in Alabama, two in Kansas. These are people that I went out and I, 
I got references for, I saw their product, I talked to them, and they really know what they're doing for other combat sports. So let's just take their expertise in those other combat sports and let's utilize my pool of fighters and let's do some bare knuckle fights. Let's get more people fighting. Because look, one thing Dave and I always talked about was we need competition. A lot of people, they don't want competition. They want to be the only person on the block. But if we're the only promotion in the world doing bare knuckle, mm -hmm. how many people are really going to train bare knuckle if they don't have the opportunity to fight in it? Very so true. We need these local promoters. And with the, the local promotions, I get to see if the guys can really fight or not. Because I was just going to say that. Yes. Yeah. So, and I'm going to use this name. And again, it's this isn't to disrespect them because we put them on a card. But mm -hmm. Van Vo. Van Vogt yeah. is a fighter that we're bringing into this card. He's wanted to fight bare knuckle. We were not considering him for BKFC. But I get a call from someone I highly respect, and they said, this guy can fight. Give him a shot. So we didn't make him go to the tryouts. We had him come on down, and we put him on a toe-the-line fight series card. Because at the end of the day, the records don't matter. But when I have 80 applications, and 20 of them have winning records, mm -hmm. and the other, say, 40 have losing records and maybe 20 have never fought before mm -hmm. i'm going to rack and stack priority to the ones that say they have a winning record right. so i'm excited to see what van vo can do because the person that told me about him is someone that i respect a lot and i've known for 12 to 15 years in this fight game who's a ufc mm -hmm. veteran and you know he does a, a lot of mentorship and stuff so when he said man this guy can fight i'm excited to have him on his card yeah. and if it wasn't for toe the line I may not have got to see him fight in the future. So um, we're going to be doing at least 10 shows a year. The goal is a show a month. Okay. But it, it depends on the promoters, venue availability, and things like that. Sure. Uh, we have September 26th, Tunica, Mississippi. Um, then October 16th, we're working a show in Plant City, Florida. Then November 21st in uh, uh, Kansas City, Kansas. Nice. This is great. This this really is, but it makes total sense, man. And I like the fact that you, you have the abilities to now watch these guys, these girls in action yeah. and see what they're made of. And, hey, you know, you may find Paige Van Zandt's opponent in Total Line Series. You never know. Well, we have former world champ boxers that are going to be fighting Total Line. Oh, wow. And I have three of them right now on the roster that we're going to headline Total Line cards with them to show what they can do. And the scary thing is they're going to be more comfortable because because we don't use the squared circle. That's a BKFC thing. Toe the line uses a 20-foot, 22-foot boxing ring, or they use uh, a cage, which we're going to be utilizing only for one promoter. Um, but we're using a 22-foot boxing ring. Now imagine fighting a former world champ boxer in a boxing ring without gloves on. You know, it's it's in their home. But again, we'll, we'll get to see if these boxers can adapt to the clinching and the bare knuckle. And if they can, they're not going to stay and toe the line. You know, Dave's going to, you know, absorb those contracts and put them on the big shows. So nice. This is a, a great idea, man. I'm excited to see this. Yeah, so it's interesting with the boxers. So uh, I was actually talking to Shannon Briggs a couple of days ago, yeah. and me and Shannon stay in touch. And obviously, a lot of people can't wait to see him get in the ring. Do you guys have any idea when this is going to happen? And also, I know you signed Frank Mir. Is that true? No. So the Frank Mir deal isn't done. Okay. I think someone heard rumors and uh, jumped the gun on it. Got it. Uh, here's the thing. Dave talks to probably five to ten UFC veteran representatives a week. Okay. So I'm surprised that more stuff isn't leaked as true than actually happens. But he does a really good job of uh, keeping the the rumors under control. Uh, someone broke that. I mean, Dave was talking to their management, may still be talking to her management, but it's not a done deal yet. Got it. Um, with Briggs, I mean, who wouldn't want to see him? Like, so I'm a boxing fan. Like, I grew up watching boxing. Me too. And Sham Briggs, an amazing athlete. I did not realize how large of a man he was until down in Florida, until I saw him face-to-face. -face. He is in he's in incredible shape. Yeah. So they say the last thing to go is power, right, uh, in a punch. So imagine getting hit by him, like, with no glove on. Dude, his, uh, his fists are as big as my head. No exaggeration. No, I mean. It's insane. 
and and he's skilled. It's not like some other fighters that are just big and strong. I right. mean, he is truly, you know, an elite athlete that has a ton of punching power and he's a, a large person. So, you know, when he steps in and, and fights bare knuckle, and I'm not sure when it's going to be, again, he's a main eventer, so Dave will handle that one. But when he does step in there, I mean, it's going to be a fight that I can't see going two rounds. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> that's going to be... That's going to be crazy, man. I, I was at uh, Shannon's house a couple of months ago. We did an episode with Dr. Bo Hightower, and he did his uh, chiropractic work on him. But it was my first time uh, actually meeting him face-to-face. We did some podcasts and phone calls and stuff like that. So when I stood next to this guy, I couldn't believe it. He's like a cartoon character like that comes to life, man. He's he's like 6'5". Like he's just tremendous. But like he's – he comes off bigger than six five. Yeah. It's just like his presence, man. It's just crazy. Yeah, no, and he's one of the guys. Like, there's there's plenty of people I know that are six four, six five, but when I saw him, I truly didn't understand how large of a person he was. And it makes it even more incredible knowing how fast he can move and how hard he hits. Yeah. You know, being so large, so he's in phenomenal shape. Um, he has a huge following in Florida. He's a well-respected, you know, professional boxer with tons of accomplishments. Um, Huge, huge addition when he gets in the in the squared circle. Can't wait, man. Excited. Can you uh debunk any crap that's out there that's not true? And is there anything that you could break tonight? Um, so what what are some things out there that aren't true or that are being rumored? I'm not I I try to stay away what I'm saying, what are some things? Do you have any examples? Uh well the one obviously was Frank Mir, so thank you for clarifying that. Uh, and then, yeah, there was something else. There was another fighter I heard from someone. Can't think of it. Mm, it'll come to me. But there's uh, there was another fighter. Somebody was talking about UFC vet uh, that was uh, supposed to make a transition at bare knuckle, but then it uh, it kind of fizzled off. But I heard it, and it was, it was kind of a big name too, and I just can't think who it is right now. Well, here's Heavyweight. the thing. We're making offers to UFC veterans, and we're okay. we're discussing contracts. There are some UFC vets that this entices them, and they have some interest in it. But at the end of the day, you know they have to sit there and they have to weigh out their their future. And a yeah. jump to bare knuckle, you have to think for a mixed martial artist that trains jujitsu and wrestling and kickboxing mm-hmm. and the clinch, and to go from that to only training punching style strikes in the clinch. Yeah, that if they do this for a year and they're not training anything else, that could put their mixed martial arts career behind. So I'm hoping that when they make the transition over to us, they do dedicate their time to training bare knuckle fighting, mm-hmm. and hopefully, you know, finish their career out with us. Um, so there are some, like I said, there are some UFC veterans I, I've been in contact with, their management or them, and they're highly interested. The money's right, everything's mm-hmm. right, but they don't want to necessarily make that jump and not do it wholeheartedly because they know that if they do wrestling or jujitsu and hurt themselves, mm-hmm. it doesn't do any good for their bare knuckle, you know, fighting career. That's true. That is definitely true, man. I'm looking forward to even the Jim Ehlers and Palomino fight, man. That's going to be sick. 155. And I don't know. What, what weight did Alves fight at? Was it 165? Well, Tiago fought at 180. Oh, he fought at 180. Okay. Yeah. okay. He's another one like, I can't imagine him making. I mean, I know he did make 170, mm-hmm. but he is just in phenomenal shape. Yeah. And at, at 180, he was lean. You know, him yeah. and, you know, trying to, coming from someone who's, who's not a mixed martial artist, you know, seeing guys like him and Julian Lane and, and trying to picture them at a lower weight, you know, sometimes it's just baffling, but they looked phenomenal at 180. Great shape, carried well, five exciting rounds. They didn't gas. So it's a good way for both of them. I got some matches I want to throw you away as a fan. Yeah. And now that I have the guy, oh yeah, I want to throw a match you as a fan. But some matches that I would love to see in the future, if possible, if it works out, it'd be great. I would like to see – all right, so we got Julian Link, great fighter, Caleb Harris, great fighter, both coming off of two, fight, uh, two losses in a row. So uh, Ehlers uh, beat – Julian Lane and Tiago beat Julian Lane, and then Ailers also beat Harris, and then Elvin Brito on the on the most recent uh, match. Oh no, yes, the most recent match against Harris. So, 
both coming off of two losses in a row, both good fighters. What do you think of that pair up? So Drew and Lane's just so much larger. Uh, he, he's, you know, the last fight was at 180. Yeah. And again, I mean, you saw how big he was. It wasn't like he was in out of shape 180. Right. I mean, he was a, an in shape 180. Caleb's at 165. He can make 155. I wouldn't say with ease, but I think he makes, say, 155 easier than Julian does. Yeah. Um, that would be a fight. And this is something that I told Caleb, so uh, it's, it's not a secret. Caleb has the one-punch knockout power. Yeah. But when he doesn't land that one-punch knockout power, uh, that one-punch knockout, he gets drug into five-rounders that his output just isn't very high. Hmm. So you, you take a guy like that and put him against a high pace. Let's just say, hypothetically, Julian and him could both make 165 easily and fight. Julian's a high output puncher that has knockout ability. Caleb's a knockout fighter that doesn't have a high output. Mm-hmm. So typically the larger man will wear down the smaller man. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I mean, Caleb, Caleb hits hard. I mean, we've seen it. So yeah, he does hit hard. Man. Yeah. Then uh, uh, people are talking about, uh, well, we'll see. I don't think the timing is going to be right on this, but Elvin Brito and Joel Moore, but I don't think the timing is is going to be right for for that because Elmo's got a heel, and I think Brito wants to get a fight soon. Yeah, um, I'm working on something for Elvin for November. Uh, I think Joe will probably be out until early 2021. Yeah, um, it's a fight that obviously makes sense, has a lot of people excited, and our 165 pound division right now is getting some attention to it. The knockout of the year came at 165 with mm-hmm. Caleb. Now you have uh, Tom Schoff is going to go back down to 155. Okay. But we still have fighters like Leonard Garcia that can get in the mix. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, we have, we have a whole roster of guys. You know? I mean, imagine Jim Allers at 165, you know. So that's, you know, who knows how long he'll stay at 55. Let's see how his next fight goes. So, Next fight's for the belt, yeah. yeah. Palomino going to be a great match if he goes to 165. You never know; he may he may fight uh, Thiago Alves. Yeah, I mean, Isaac Valley Flag fought Melvin Gillard, I think, at 170. Yeah. So we have a lot of options at 165. But Elmore versus Brito would definitely be exciting. Yeah, and uh, I think they're friends, but both those guys will fight anyone. I think, and they both Elvin Brito's two and two or two and three. But he's two and zero at one sixty five. He he does better at the higher weight, and Elmore's two and zero. And they both have an in your face, try and knock their head off style. Yeah, they do, man. And then uh, the Johnny Bedford that new win fight is that that's going to go down for the yeah. strap. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's definitely look. Johnny Bedford beat everyone in, in the division. Right? Yeah, that's why he went to one forty five for a fight because we have a, a stacked one thirty five pound division. It just happens to be that Bedford beat them all. Yeah. So it didn't make sense running um, a rematch this soon when we have a world-class boxer and that win who yeah. has you know two wins. Get him in there. Let him fight. Let's see what happens. And then we have uh, Chop Chop Corley who came to the tryouts. So you'll, you'll be seeing him either toe the line or BKFC coming up soon. Nice. That announcement will be coming out. He's at 135. Yeah, again, it's it's another former world champ boxer Mm -hmm. getting in there. The guy fought Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, he fought Mayweather. That's right. I mean, he's, you know, boxing credentials galore. So Mm -hmm. he can mix it up. So should Bedford beat that, you know, he there's other options down the pipeline now that we didn't have previously. But it's just because we're doing more shows and we're at we're going on BKFC 13 coming up. So yeah, and and talking to John about Johnny Bedford. A lot of stuff back and forth, uh, but weight is an issue, but a lot of shit talking back and forth between Jason Knight and Johnny Bedford. When are we going to see Jason Knight back in a squared circle? I'd love to have Jason Knight back. I was just talking to someone down in Biloxi earlier this week, and uh, actually over this past weekend, about when we're going to be returning down there. Mm-hmm. Jason Knight's a fan favorite. People love his style. Yeah. Very tough. And his last fight against Artem, he showed that He's more than just a brawler. I was very impressed mm-hmm. with his performance. With that being said, we have to find the right fight because yeah. having him fight just anybody doesn't make sense. He's yeah. a high-level fighter, mm-hmm. and our 145-pound division, uh, Johnny Bedford, would make a lot of sense. But again, 
if that's a move Johnny makes, then David and I are going to sit down. Let's just say Johnny would, you know, retain the title. Mm-hmm. Then if he wanted to move to 145, uh, David and I would have to sit down and see if that's something we'd want for him permanently and not bounce back and forth so it doesn't hold up the strap at 135. Should that win win, you know, that win, get the title, um, <laughs> then we'd have to uh, sit down with Johnny and see if that's a move he'd want to make as well. But that'd be a lot easier of a move for him unless it was a close fight or disputed or something and we did a rematch. Okay. I mean, th- there's so much. I mean, th- this is like putting a puzzle together for you, I'm sure. Like, get these matches made, put this together. Yeah. It, it truly is. And the nice thing working for David is he gives me a leeway to make the matches. Like I said, some of the matches I make, he looks at me and he's like, no, we're, we're not doing that. Mm-hmm. And some of the matches he looks at me and he's like, wow, like that's an awesome fight. Fans are going to love it. So just like anything else, I need need the criticism, good or bad. I need him to tell me where we stand because he steers the, the ship for this promotion. You know, right. I'm, I'm just there putting the, the fights together, which is a lot of fun. You know, I really enjoy doing it. I'm going to keep doing it as long as he lets me. And uh, as we grow as a company and as the sport continues to grow, uh, we're going to have a lot more fighters coming. And I would not be surprised to see more world champ boxers, more former you know, champions of other combat sports transition mm-hmm. over fighting bare knuckle because it's a level playing ground. It, it really is. And, and it's it's funny because of the transitions that you see in bare knuckle when you get the boxers to come in, you know, th- th- there are things that uh, like, all right, for example, last, uh, the last event we had a boxer in there, forgive me. I can't remember his name, but it was a debut in bare knuckle tall guy, dreadlocks, you know, he had the knockout, uh, you know, yeah, Evans. yes. Phenomenal. Right. Guy's tall. He's got the reach. He's got the ability. He's got definitely got the knockout power. Uh, so you know that that's a good part of being a professional boxer, moving into bare knuckle. If you're able to adjust to the style and utilize the skills that you have from the boxing world, you could do very well. But you know we've also seen boxers that haven't really transitioned uh, too well into bare knuckle too. So it's always like it's always interesting to see how the individual fighter is able to adapt to bare knuckle. And that's why I, I feel bare knuckle is so interesting because it brings a whole different dynamic to stand up. Absolutely. So, uh, came on Evans, first off, one of the nicest people and easiest to deal with. So Pete white, whatever he does up there at his gym is great. I told him today, you know, Evans was, so nice to deal with. He was on time for everything, made weight without any issues, just, you know, a pleasure to work with. And the guy can fight. Like, he used his reach and his length impeccably. I mean, he not only does he have the punching power, but he has a skill set taught, obviously, by at a phenomenal gym that taught him how to be a great fighter and how to be a good sportsman. Nothing negative came from him. He showed up. You know, did everything we asked, performed at a high level, and walked away with a with a victory and a, an impressive knockout. So, we are going to start seeing a lot more uh, decorated boxers. Nico Hernandez. They just had you know we had Jared Grant on the last card. I think he was like twenty five and five or something amateur. Um, came on over to do bare knuckle. Came on Evans. You know, Polly Malinaji. Mm-hmm. Look, if you talk to the average person, average boxing fan, I should say and said, Polymon Aji versus anyone that's not a boxer in a bare-knuckle boxing fight, they're going to laugh at you, and, and they're going to call us crazy. Why would you put someone in there with a 500 MMA record against a phenomenal boxer like Polymon Aji? But the thing is, this isn't bare-knuckle boxing. This is bare-knuckle fighting. You can yeah. hold them. You can punch them. Like There's different aspects to this. It's five two-minute rounds. It's not a 12-round championship fight. Right. So it's a faster-paced sport, and when you get someone as that has the accolades of Paul Malinaji stepping into a squared circle, it shows that this sport is legitimate because sure. God doesn't need the money. I mean, no. you know, it's, he did this because he had something to prove. I think like that, you know, I mean, he's, he's, uh, you know, at the highest level in, in boxing you could reach, he came on over and he showed that boxers can compete in this sport. Yes. And for us, it was, you know, it was great to have him, and just see someone with that caliber competing in, in our stage uh, against 
Artem Lobov, you know, who is a, a huge name in MMA. Yeah, and uh, you know, Paul Paul loves bare knuckle. He loves BKFC. Uh, I, I was actually with them last week. Uh, we were having cigars together because uh, he he comes down here to Florida, so we we're hanging out. We, you know, just shooting the shit, talking bare knuckle. He absolutely loves BKFC, man. He had always has nothing but great things to say about it, and he's a huge fan of it. And why not, right? Why, why not be a fan? It's fucking awesome. So uh, that's pretty cool. That's the thing, like, and that's why I tell people. A lot of people think that we're getting like washed up fighters or fighters that can't compete and other things. And he's the first one before Paige. He's why I say he didn't have to fight. Yeah. He didn't need the money. This is a person who is just a fighter at heart who wanted to come on over to Bare Knuckle and showcase and try it out. So it was huge for us. It, like I was, you know, very happy to be a part of the promotion that was able to have someone at that level you know, mm -hmm. compete in this new sport. Oh, absolutely, man! I'm looking forward to all the future signings for you guys. You got, you guys are just doing a fantastic job, and I, I'm happy that uh, I get uh, I get to be a part of it behind the scenes and and do my thing too. It's, and uh, thank you guys for allowing that because uh, it's a privilege and it's an honor to do it. And I have so much fun doing it. And uh, I, I just can't wait. Uh, one day I want to go to all the events, man. I want to fly out and do all of them. Uh, but we'll hold down Florida and, uh, you know, we'll do a good job down here. But, uh, man, I'm, I'm excited. Total line we got September 26th, October 10th. We have BKFC 13. November 14th, BKFC 14. I mean, it's 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 going to be a bare-knuckle fall, baby. I love it. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, if people want to find out more about upcoming events, Instagram, BKFC underscore matchmaker, like you have posted there for me. Thank you. Of course. And um, really quick before we go, I just want to um, thank two of our, our biggest sponsors, Tiger Life Energy Drink. Great guys. Phenomenal product. I'm not a big energy drink person. I had it. I'm not sure if you had the last event. Has such a clean taste to it. It, it was amazing. Uh, it's a, a great drink. So get to your local convenience store and make sure you get it. And Fusion CBD products, you know, they've been sponsoring us for a long time. So you know, check them out at, at fusioncbdproducts.com. And uh, this weekend, September 26th, Tunica, Mississippi, download the app or go to the website and uh, watch an event, nine fights, less than four bucks. Can't go wrong. Less than a cup of coffee, baby. Oh, less than a cup of coffee. I, I stole it from someone. Someone else said it first, but it works. Hey, and, and you don't have to wear a mask or you don't have to uh, put gloves on. Just hang out in your house, watch the fights, and that's amazing, man. I'm going to be watching some bare-knuckle fights tonight myself. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me, and I look forward to seeing you at the, the next Florida show or maybe come out to another one and work something out. That'd be amazing, man. Anything at all. I love the sport. I'm a big fan, and and I'm a big fan of yours too, man. You've been doing a great job. And and thank you for being on my platform, man. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Have a great night. You too, Nate. Take care. Later. Nate Shook, everybody. The man, the matchmaker for Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. I'm I'm a huge fan. You know, we I love doing this podcast. I love combat sports. I love MMA. I love boxing. I love wrestling. And I love Bare Knuckle. I'm a huge fan of Bare Knuckle. Uh, if you haven't uh, tuned in yet, follow him on Instagram. Follow him on Facebook. Go on YouTube, check them out. The fight's amazing stuff, amazing action. So uh, check it out. Obviously, much more coming. Paige Van Zandt's coming up. Shannon Briggs looming in the rafters. going to be sick. So check them out, guys. Uh, amazing stuff coming from Bare Knuckle. And again, guys, uh, I just want to say thank you because you know what's crazy? We're closing in on a half a million followers on Instagram Amazing. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Chris is putting the hard work in behind the scenes with all the content. I don't even think the man sleeps. He's he's a beast. He's the king of content. I'm over here on the front end putting out the podcast for you guys, taking your requests, uh, fan questions, all the good stuff. Keep them coming. I love interacting with you guys and, and getting the guests on that you want to hear from. So uh, follow us, IG, at MMA Uncensored, double underscore, and subscribe to the ever-growing YouTube channel, uh, we really want to blow this thing up because I want to make a lot of money. And the only way I can make a lot of money is with the MMA Uncensored YouTube page really spiking up. So help me out there because the more money I make, the more cool stuff I can give away. I want to start giving out tickets to people. I want to get some autograph memorabilia for people. I just want to give that stuff away. But I got to make some money doing that. So come on, guys, right over there. 
do it. All right. Uh, again, thank you guys so much for tuning in, as always. And make sure September 26th, Total Line Series is going to be lit. Take care, guys.